following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And our focus today is on color. Now, if ever there was a great topic for radio, Tom, this isn't it. (laughs) Au contraire, mon (laughs) co-host. While it's true that this might be a little tough to do over the Internet airwaves, We'll just have to be a little extra vivid and colorful, won't we? Well, okay, I'm game. So so why are we talking about color today, Tom? Well, here's why. Throughout our programs over the last year and a half, we have returned again and again to certain overarching topics, right? Sure. Uh, personal Christhood, mm-hmm. violet flame, and the science of the spoken word, karma, and reincarnation. Yeah, to name a few. I mean, we've also covered angels, ascension, auras, and the ascended masters. Uh, aren't you leaving out your favorite <laughs> very astute, Terry. <laughs> and you're right. Our, on our list of favorite topics is another very important concept, which is, drumroll please, we are all co-creators with God. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, anticipating your next question, what does this have to do with color? Well, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> and you won't have to. We have said over and over again that all energy is really God's energy. And how we qualify this energy determines whether we create good karma or bad karma, remember? Sure. And <laughs> every thought, word, and deed creates... Right. So we should be mighty careful about what we think, say, and do, because we want our creations to be good. Okay, I'm with you there, but <laughs> I'm still not quite getting the color connection. Well, would you agree that the quality of our creations has a certain effect on us? Sure. Okay. Where is one place this effect is likely to show up? Ah, in our auras. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. In our auras. But this is only one piece of the color uh, picture. <laughs> Are you beginning to see where I'm going with this? Uh, I'm having a Kodak <laughs> moment. Tom. Oh, good. <laughs> it's getting more vivid by the minute. Uh-huh. Uh, color is not incidental to our spiritual experience. It's actually one of the central keys to it. Right, exactly. So I suppose we should include the causal body in this mm-hmm. discussion. Well, most certainly. Our causal bodies are comprised of vivid rings of pure colors that represent our attainment on various levels. Our treasures laid up in heaven. Well, there you go. If you've ever seen a depiction of the causal body, it appears to be wrapped inside a beautiful rainbow. The seven rainbow rays. Yes, the seven rainbow rays, which we'll have more to say about in a moment. But now that you're on a roll, where else are the colors associated with our creative powers likely to show up? In our chakras and in the seven rays or paths that correspond to them. Well, precisely, Terry. 
So now we have three major components of our expanded beings that have color as central features. We have our chakras, mm-hmm. auras, and causal bodies. Right. And following this train of thought, it occurs to me that within our auras, chakras, and causal bodies, we might have more of some colors than others. And that's a very good point. But before we go there, there's still another element of our expanded beings that has a great deal to do with color. Of course. <laughs> and that's the threefold flame in the secret chamber of the heart. Yes. In many of our programs, you have heard us talk about the ascension our ultimate reunion with the heart of God, and what we must do to achieve our ascension. Like embracing our divine blueprint and fulfilling our reason for being, balancing at least 51% of our karma, and, of course, balancing our threefold flame. Yes, there are another couple of requirements as well, but for the moment, let's focus on the threefold flame. Will we get to the other requirements? Well, sure. We'll ask today's guest, Sidney Bennett, to detail what they are. Okay, that'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) So, back to the threefold flame. Uh, the three plumes of the threefold flame are pink, mm-hmm. yellow, and blue, representing love, wisdom, and power. That's right. And each of us can probably feel where we are stronger or weaker relative to the three pl- plumes of this flame. For instance, some people may have obtained a certain level of mastery on the yellow or illumination flame, for example, but they might need a little work on the pink or heart flame. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll go into the threefold flame in more detail in a future program. And we'll probably have a bit more to say on the subject in our Q&A coming up a little bit later today with uh, Reverend Sidney Bennett. Well, very likely. But I think we can all begin to see just how pervasive color is in our spiritual work and experience and how essential it is to the holistic view of our true natures as spiritual beings. So now it occurs to me that not all colors are pure colors. Well, and you're exactly right. For example, while pink is the color of love, its cousin red is the color of anger. Within the family of colors, these two would probably be considered neighbors. Yet look at the difference in their frequency and manifestation. Oh, I see what you mean. Uh-huh. So if we go back to the concept of being co-creators with God that we spoke of earlier, those who choose to express and create with love will probably exhibit more pink in their auras. Yeah, and not to mention a stronger presence of the pink plume in their threefold flames. And on the other hand, if their expressions tend more toward anger, uh, red will be more prominent in their auras. Well, And all colors, pure and otherwise, have their own frequencies. The purer the color, the higher the frequency. And the higher the frequency, the closer we come to God. Yeah, so God's favorite colors would be pure colors with the highest frequencies. And it would be a good idea if we made these colors our favorites as well. Which brings us to one of the central points we want to make today. Just as color reflects consciousness, color also amplifies consciousness. In our upcoming interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, we're going to hear a lot more about the relationship between color and consciousness and the seven rays of God That are a prism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and not to mention a bit more about another of our favorite topics, the violet flame. (laughs) Now there's a color with a powerful frequency. Well, you're not kidding. (laughs) Now before we hear what you've prepared for us today, Terry, there's another point we'd like to make. And this is one that our listeners can easily prove in their own lives. It has to do with the effect that colors, certain colors have on us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Right. And we've spoken, for instance, about the pink of love and the red of anger. Now we'd like to invite our audience to tune into their own experience of various colors. Look at what colors are tip- you're typically drawn to. Are you repelled by certain colors? Everybody has a favorite color. You know, just ask yourself, what's yours, you know, and what does it mean? Yeah, and how do colors make you feel? Do some elicit joy, while others maybe create a sense of sadness or longing or fear? These are all clues to where you may be on the spiritual path. Look particularly at the three colors that are associated with your threefold flame. Do you feel the blue of power more strongly than the pink of love? 
Are you predisposed to the yellow of illumination and wisdom? Well, by tuning into the colors that draw you and those that repel, you will begin to understand where balance may be needed in your life. Yeah, and I think it's abundantly clear that color in spiritual terms is not at all a trivial subject. Nor is it simply an adornment or accent to our lives. It could well be a very specific barometer to the condition of our psychology. And our soul. So, on this note, let's hear what you've got for us today, Terry, on the seven rainbow rays. All right. The Seven Rainbow Rays The path back to the source can be walked over seven rays of the Christ consciousness that emerge from the white light. Imagine a ray of white light entering a prism and dividing into seven rainbow rays. These are the natural division of the pure white light emanating from the heart of God as it descends through the prism of manifestation. These are the subdivisions of the wholeness of Christ. The seven rays are outlined as follows. Number one, blue power and faith. Number two, yellow, wisdom and illumination. Number three, pink, love and beauty. Number four, white, ascendancy and purity. Number five, green, science, healing and supply. Number six, purple and gold, ministration and service. And number seven, violet, transmutation and diplomacy. The colors of the rays, as they emerge from the white light, remind us of Joseph's coat of many colors. Just as the seamless garment of the Lord Christ Jesus was white, so in his embodiment as Joseph he wore the coat of many colors. The many became the one in the Christ, and out of that Christ light can be drawn forth the many colors of universal perfection. Regardless of their color, all of the rays have a white fire core of purity that embodies all of the attributes of God. Each day of the week there is released to the earth a special concentration of one of the seven rainbow rays of God. As these rays enter the physical world, they become a flame, bursting with energy to ignite a world in the seven colors of the rainbow. We who would follow in the footsteps of Christ may meditate upon the colors of the rainbow rays of light's perfection. Meditation on the Rainbow Rays Blue is the flame of faith, promise, constancy, power, strength, and of the earnestness and will of God. It flows out of vast luminous reservoirs into sea and sky. It is Tuesday's blessing to the earth. Yellow is the merging of the gold and the white, imparting illumination, the consecration of right knowledge, the service of right knowledge, the outshining of the Christ mind, and the establishment of the law of harmonious relations between all peoples and between God and all peoples. It is the ray of the sun sent to the earth on Sunday, the day of the sun. Pink is the symbol of divine love. Love is joyous, buoyant, and beautiful. Through the power of love, men learn how they may impart to others the beauty and the compassion they have received from God. Love is the requirement of the hour. In the giving of this charity and beauty, there is no robbery, but only the fair exchange among all souls who are ennobled by the same love that God is. Monday is the day of the week that is imbued with the creative power of love. The white ray of purity is composed of all of the colors of the rainbow. It has its own gigantic sheath that, as a sea of liquid flame, holds before the children of men the longing to be a part of that which can never be contaminated by reason or by deceitful act. The white light is the mind of God, the nature and character of God. It is freedom from stain and blame, the triumphant merging of the many colors into the purity of the one. 
Friday is the day when through purity man obtains his freedom from the bonds of limitation. The ray of green imbues all life with the perfect blend of the yellow and the blue, the faith and wisdom of God in nature. The eternal newness of the color green charges man with the healthful and health-giving chlorophyll of the sun, the fire of the sun, and the fire of the power to create. The healing green restores man to the primal nature of God. The ray of green supplies man with every lack and is the color of abundance and supply. It penetrates the earth on Wednesday, the day of healing and wholeness. The purple and the gold imbue man with the desire for cosmic service. The colors are symbolic of the priesthood of true believers. The purple speaks of the illumined fire of the soul. This fire must assist every part of life to find reunion with its source and with the golden law that God has dispensed to men. It is the ministration of the Christ to his disciples, of the servant who is not greater than his Lord. This twofold action of God's body, purple, and his essence, gold, bathes the earth on Thursday. Finally, the violet ray synthesizes into action the rays of love and power, the pink and the blue, forming the radiance of the violet flame. Also called the royal purple, it shows the sense of the mantle aborning within the consciousness of man. Ah, well, thank you for that, Terry, as always. Now, when we return, we will hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, in which she discusses the colors of the aura, the seven rays of God, and more. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. What is the meaning of specific colors in the aura? How do emotions like fear change our aura? 
In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet sheds light on these questions and more. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. What is the specific meaning of colors in the aura? Color, Doug, is a manifestation of frequency. And frequency is a manifestation of consciousness or one's state of consciousness. Therefore, in reading the aura, when one sees color, one can determine what is the state of consciousness if one understands the colors which correlate to states of consciousness. For instance, Kathumi says, As the intensity of the white and the violet light is increased in the aura, especially those shades which are pale and ethereal, one notes the enlarging of man's perceptions and an increase in spirituality. Just as color reflects consciousness, so color amplifies consciousness. And therefore, if through our mantras and our prayers to God, we increase the light of purity and of the violet flame, we will also accelerate our consciousness on those rays of God. We have discussed the seven rays of God as the prism of the Holy Spirit and as the seven lines or seven ways of Christhood which we can walk. And we have also correlated these seven rays with the seven chakras or the centers in the temple of being. Speaking then of the violet light and the white light, we are speaking of two of the sacred centers of God in man. And these centers are for the amplification of that frequency of consciousness which manifests as the white light and the violet light. The base of the spine chakra of the mother, the mother center, is the one which gives forth the pure white light when its energies are held in the purity of Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega being symbolical of the divine polarity, masculine and feminine energies which are held, concentrated in each chakra. The violet flame corresponds to the seat of the soul chakra. It is the color of freedom and the quality of mercy. It is the energy of transmutation. The violet light in the aura denotes that the soul is free to commune with God, and therefore there is always reflected in the aura whether man is maintaining the crystal clear stream of God's consciousness released through the seven chakras or whether he is misqualifying those energies and thereby producing a muddied stream. Although not everyone is capable of reading the aura directly, at subconscious levels within the soul and at the level of the Christ mind, we all have perceptions of one another and we register these perceptions and there are certain characteristics which we read in one another even at subconscious levels or superconscious levels which tell us much about the individual before we even know that person. We are usually aware when we are in the presence of someone who is holy and often we have a warning when we are in the presence of someone who is dangerous. This is an indication that although we may not have mastered the science and the art of reading the aura, that the God within us is aware of the God within others and the uses or misuses of that consciousness by individuals. One can see then that if there is a pale yellow, almost golden light in the aura of an individual, especially around the head, that there is flooding through the mind 
as Kathumi says, the very fingers of cosmic intelligence manifest as interconnecting light rays. This energy present within the aura then enables the mind of man to contact the universal mind of God. Now this can come about through meditation upon the Buddha or the Christ, both of whom have given us the key to unlock the crown chakra, which is the yellow center. Then there is the pink fire of divine love that comes forth through the heart, and when it is not qualified by the human sense of possessiveness, attachment, or inordinate desire in love, produces within the aura a billowing cloud of pink energy, denoting that the individual is infused and filled with an awareness of God as love. The purple fire comes forth from the solar plexus chakra, and it is flecked with a gold flame like 24 karat gold. This tinging of the purple flame with the gold denotes the action of the mastery of the light of peace within the solar plexus and is an indication that the individual whose aura is so infused is active in service to life. Hence, those who are engaged in service to life and to one another will manifest this coloration of the aura. The energy of green comes from the all-seeing eye and indicates a manifestation of truth, abundance, science, and the ability to penetrate and conquer the planes of matter and spirit. Those who have green in the aura are devoted to science and to the practical application of that science. When the pursuit of science becomes muddied by a materialism and the ignorance of God's laws as well as the omission of the flame of the spirit in the very center of science, then the green of the aura no longer reflects the pure emerald hue of the stone by that name, but it becomes muddied, an olive drab, even a brownish green. By this we know that science is not carrying the purity and the flow of cosmic consciousness. Those who have the pure emerald green within the aura are healers, and through them and through their chakras flow the healing currents of the Elohim and of the cosmos. The electric blue color which flashes in the aura of Archangel Michael or the devotees of the will of God denotes the presence of purity and power and the alignment of the inner blueprint with the cosmic blueprint of the will of God. It also denotes the energy of the Mercurians and the mastery of the throat chakra in the spoken word. Thus, the reading of the aura will always tell us where there is mastery and attainment in the use of the chakras and where there is a perversion or a willfulness in the misuse of that energy. Does Kathumi teach that the aura is an extension of the self? Not only this, but he says that the tone of the divine aura is an extension of God, just as the mode of thinking and feeling is the extension of the human consciousness. He says that the interference with the aura in its natural pure state by the mortal consciousness and its misqualification of light create the negative colorations that are both seen and felt by the more sensitive among mankind. He says that the muddying of the pure colors of the aura occurs whenever there is a mingling of the emanations of imperfect thoughts and feelings with the pure colors released through the prism of the Christ. This marked change in color and vibration is obvious to 
the trained eye. For instance, you might have someone who is in a state of contemplation or study or meditation, and the aura might so indicate by the presence of a yellow light, a violet light, and even the presence of blue, the blue faith in God. And all of a sudden, there would be some type of an emergency, like a fire or a calamity within the household. Suddenly, there is the introduction of fear into the aura. And suddenly, the quietness of the aura is interrupted by a burst of fear, which might come forth out of the solar plexus. It would be accompanied by feelings within the individual of butterflies and extreme tension. And this stress would produce a muddying of the violet, explosions perhaps of great energies of fear, recorded as brown, as black, as gray, a lot of gray substance. And then, depending on what the calamity is, grief could come about, or people could begin shouting, and then you would find a darkening, you would find coming forth from the area of the throat chakra, jagged lines of force, And thus, instantaneously, we find a complete change in the aura. What Kathumi tells us is that the aura changes moment by moment. The mastery, then, of the flow of energy in the aura comes about by maintaining a calm state of equilibrium in the midst of whatever happens within the environment, all the while, then, maintaining one's contact with the source and having the capacity to draw enormous quantities of energy from that source for the stabilizing of conditions which might be upon others within the household. When one is conscious of one's energy field and one zealously guards that energy field as the habitation of God, then one is able to retain one's reservoir of light and not constantly being like a cork bobbing upon the sea and being milked of one's light and one's energy, and therefore, as soon as the cup is filled, the spilling of that cup and never making any real permanent progress on the path of discipleship. With his usual good humor, Kuthumi writes, Always remember, dear hearts, that those who fall in the swamp may come up covered with mud, for the quicksands of life by their very nature always seek to drag man down. But man can and does escape these conditions, overcoming through the same glorious victory that brings forth the lotus in the swamplands of life. I want you to understand, then, that by a simple act of invoking the light of the Christ consciousness, man can overcome the ugly chartreuse green of jealousy and resentment, the muddied yellow of selfish intellectualism, the crimson reds of passion, and even the almost violet-black attempts of self-righteous justification. Then he gives us his supreme advice. To see others clearly, beloved hearts, remember that man must first perceive in himself the beautiful crystal of cosmic purity. Then, casting the beam out of his own eye, he can see clearly to take the mote out of his brother's eye. By the purification of your perceptions, you will be able to enjoy the entire process of beholding the Christ in self and others, as one by one the little disturbances of the aura are cleared up through the natural manifestation of the childlike beauty of cosmic innocence. Thank you very much. And up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. So please stay with us.
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And yes, we are back. And joining us is our good friend and regular contributor, Reverend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Gentlemen, good to be here. You know, while at first blush, uh, no pun intended. (laughs) Okay, true confessions, pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. Um, Color may seem a more natural fit for a show about fashion. (laughs) This subject is actually deeper and more important as a spiritual topic than many might realize, isn't it? Well, it is. When you understand, as Mrs. Prophet pointed out, that color both reflects and amplifies consciousness. So mm-hmm. we can use it two ways. One is somewhat of a barometer of where we're at. And this is, I don't know, it's an exact science, not like temp- your temperature. But for instance, if you're magnetized toward a certain color and it dominates your home or your clothes or whatever, then there's a good chance you may have that color predominant in your aura. Mm-hmm. If it's a positive color, obviously it's a strength that you have. If you're drawn to one of the negative colors, which I think would be something like a red, a black, an orange, those things, it's not something to condemn yourself over, but it's a barometer that says, hey, if I'm drawn to these colors, there must be something in my aura that that corresponds to mm-hmm. this. And it's an indication. It's like when you're sick, you go to the doctor, you get healed. I need to do some work on this. And then as you understand that and you you take upon yourself and understand the pure colors of God, then you can use those in your clothes, in your home, and so forth. And again, that actually will change your aura because it amplifies 
the color will amplify itself within you. So it's it's kind of a twofold thing, and why that's why color is very valuable as a tool for us. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Well, what is the correlation between color and health then? Well, I think obviously, if a person that is sick, their their aura is not going to be pure in color. It's going mm-hmm. to be a reflection of the physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. So again, it's another indication of that. And this is not, you know, we're in the physical plane, and you know, as Kathumi says, our auras change every minute. So the fact that our auras aren't pristine and pure it doesn't mean we're bad people. It just means this is something we need to work on. This is indication of something, and it's a goal to strive to get that purity and reflect it. And obviously, getting whole physically is a part of that. Right, right. So kind of know, knowing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is the relationship then between the frequencies of color and sound? Well, I mean, that may sound like kind of an esoteric question, but I think it's, it's a very valuable one because we understand that both are manifestations of frequency and vibration. And, you know, God's universe is so much greater than what we see. <laughs> um, and we know there are sounds we can't hear and there are colors we can't see. And so this is an indication of, of just a, a small spectrum of God's incredible creation that we have to see and understand that. You know, mm-hmm. and I've often wondered, I mean, I, I suspect if we could hear it, that, that color has a sound to it. Yeah, I actually was thinking that too. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah. and so it's just in our, uh, so we say, limited uh, capacity in this body, we may not see that. But it's an understanding of how great and how magnificent God's creation is when we see just a little bit and know there's so much more. And I'm sure you were not referring yeah. to blues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, when we titled today's program God's Favorite Colors, we weren't, we weren't trying to be cute. No. <laughs> uh, we know that it's human to have favorite things, but we also know that God doesn't play favorites. Uh, the point we wanted to make was that certain colors are godlike and others are not. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, do the colors in our environment, including what we wear, really affect our attunement to God? Well, again, I think it's a combination of things. It's it's an awareness that there may be something in our or in our psychology mm-hmm. that needs to be worked on. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, we all have anger at various degrees or levels and so forth. And so if we see that manifestation as the color red or the way we interact with people, that's an indication, hey, we need to do some work on this, both spiritually and maybe on our psychology and understanding and so forth. But it also, people that reach a certain point where they're more comfortable in the pure colors. In other words, they reach a level of spiritual being, if you will, where, you know, it's discordance, whether mm-hmm. it's in color or sound, is just very, very difficult to, to deal with. And so people are gravita- or gra- gravitate towards these pure colors. And even as you wear the pure colors, you know, it draws that, that energy into your aura. So it's a, you know, it's a double effect, if you will, if you follow me in terms of that. So that's why mm-hmm. it, it is very much um, a reflection of our understanding of God and, you know, where we're at in terms of our own spiritual path. But don't condemn yourself you know, yeah. if you have these issues, we all do. Yeah, exactly. We're all working and striving. But it's just, again, it's a valuable tool to have. I, I was just thinking when you were talking about pure colors, when I was a child growing up, I was I grew up with the Dick and Jane books. And I'm <laughs> telling you, these were pure, absolute pure, pink, blue, yellow. Mm-hmm. And they were so sweet, you know. Yeah. It was a vibration. And, you know, you look at children's stories. And some of them today, if you go to a bookstore, if you don't oh. have kids... Go in and look at the children's stories. Some are very pure and beautiful, and others are so discordant in terms of the colors and the shapes and so forth. Yeah, jagged shapes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, you'd, why would you expose an innocent child to that vibration? Well, we had a book once when one of my children was very small. I won't name it. Um, it scared my son. Yeah. I opened that book for the first time, and he literally moved away, almost couldn't oh get far gosh. enough away. He just instantly knew, and it was full of jagged images and some very strange colors. You know, people in their innocence will will give children things because the society or the culture 
thinks they're okay, yeah, or they got yeah. some book award. Or right. <laughs> right. But, you know, for goodness sake, use your common sense. If it doesn't look right, these monster books and so forth, they are not the things we should be exposing our children to. And they're just like these horror movies are not things we should be exposing ourselves to. No, right? you, you remember, I think it was maybe a month ago, we were talking about modern art. Yeah. And the effect that that has on the soul as well. Sometimes sure. very discordant, very jagged, Absolutely. very inharmonious. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe on this subject, we, we heard earlier, Elizabeth Clare Prophet described the seven rays of God as prisms of the Holy Spirit. Can you expand on this idea? Sure. I, I think this is, you know, the whole idea of the prism, the white containing all the light mm-hmm. and all the colors and so forth, and then being broken down into the seven rays and understanding that the Holy Spirit has different aspects too. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this. I mean, God's creation is so... Uh, Perfect. I, well, it's, per- <laughs> it's perfect, but it's it's incredible, you know, mm-hmm. the, the level of detail, even at what we know, which I know is just a, a small part of it. And the beauty of God's creation is it, just, it's limitless and so this is a a manifestation of that yeah why do you think it is that some people notably certain psychics have differing views on the nature effect and impact of certain colors that's a great question yeah Yeah, well i think um certain people do have the ability to see auras and Mm -hmm. you know i want i want to add here that our goal in life is not to see auras you know our goal (laughs) is to to manifest god in our beings uh and we don't pursue the psychic um we understand some people have that ability Mm -hmm. but when they see the auras, the psychics that do that, many times they're seeing discoloration in the aura because the people have impure energy in the aura. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, looking at a sick person. You don't say that uh, a person with measles is a way a person should look in life because they have measles. You, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. And so you have to be careful here. And so the advantage of the teachings of the Ascended Masters is we're given where they should be, not where they are. And so that becomes our goal. And when we focus on that, obviously it helps us. Mm-hmm. Well, I know when we were researching this topic for today's show, one of the quotes I came across from Mrs. Prophet was that the aura is the energy field that is God. It contains God. It reflects God. It's amazing. It's, it's kind of what you were saying. I mean, it, it is... It is our mirror. Well, it goes back to this co-creativity. We speak mm-hmm. about, you know, God's energy coming through our throat chakra, what we say and obviously what we think and so forth, what also reflects in our aura. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's, it's another uh, indication of this mastery that we're seeking so that, again, we're making good karma and we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're charging God's energy with those things that will help the planet and help other people and help ourselves and not the reverse. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe let's stay on this question for a moment, come at it from a slightly different angle. Um, it, we're aware that numerous studies have confirmed that color does indeed have a direct impact on our mood, our sense of well-being, even our productivity. You know, again, can you expand on that a bit more as to why that would be? Well, again, it has an effect on you. For instance, and, and maybe comparing it to music is, is a way because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Loud, discordant music, you know, is like a shock to the, to the aura. Right. And the same thing with negative colors. And so the environment, you said, for instance, hospitals do very well with green walls. <laughs> Why is that? Because green is the color of healing. Yeah. It's very calming. It's very peaceful. So you can see where the environment does affect people. How they, the colors they put in prisons affect how the prisoners act. Yeah. It, it's subtle and yet it's very powerful and you need to, we need to recognize it and understand that so that, for instance, in our child's room or in our home and our study, we use colors that will amplify the spiritual and the positive aspects and not pull our energies down, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since certain colors then have such a discordant effect on how we feel, should we remove them from our environment? I mean, what should well, we I do? Well, I think, you know, <laughs> same thing again. You're, yeah. You know, Repaint the walls. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, well, in some cases, yes, I yeah. do that. You know, we're, we're, this is not a fanaticism mm-hmm. that says, you know, if you wear black shoes, somehow you're amplifying death energy, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we live in a society you have to function in. But I think at the core of this, it's very true. Surround yourself with the pure colors. Your aura will tend to reflect that, and it will help you in terms of your own mastery. If you have red all around you, it's a lot harder to control your anger than if you have a very, you know, pale, pure color of a blue or a pink or something. It's just mm-hmm. common sense. Yeah. And so in your clothes and so forth, and, you know, for instance, every day of the week has a color. Yeah. Um, today is Tuesday, and it's blue. Okay, I'm wearing a blue shirt, but I'll tell you, most days they wear a blue shirt. So. <laughs> yeah. but that Every day's Tuesday for you. But that doesn't mean, you know, that Tuesday. doesn't mean we shouldn't, you know, when possible, wear the color of the day. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's a subtle thing, a small thing, and it's not the end all and be all, but it helps. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if we can't avoid, always avoid anyway, coming into contact with colors that can cause disharmony and conflict, how do we protect ourselves? I mean, is there some kind of protective shield? We can place around our bodies and auras to counteract the negative effects of discordant colors. Well, that sounds a lot like the tuba light. Boy, well, it sure does. <laughs> Was I pretty obvious with that question? <laughs> you know, we've talked about this before. Every day we have our spiritual practices we begin the morning with. Mm-hmm. And one of them is invoking literally a tube of light energy around mm-hmm. us. That's for protection physically, but also for things that, you know, that maybe don't physically come in aura, but come into auras either through sound or sight or people's energy, and so forth. And so we do need to protect it. I mean, we got to go to work. We have our jobs. We have our families. We go into the malls. You know, you can't avoid life. Um, <laughs> and so what you need yeah. to do is have that light protection around you that will help to shield you from these discordant vibrations. It's very important. We put it on at least once a day, um, mm-hmm. and it's something that can help you. I mean, why be subject to this assault on our senses and our auras that life in America is today in many parts of the world? I mean, the advertising, the music. I mean, you can't go anyplace. You know, the doctor's office with this rock music coming at you. Now, how do you protect yourself and maintain your harmony? And that's where the tube of light and the calls to Archangel Michael comes in. If you don't do this, it does pull your energies down. It does drain your energy. It's harder to manifest the things you want to manifest, the purity, the love, whatever it is. It makes you more vulnerable to anger. It's common sense. We put on our clothes every day for protection or a coat in the winter. Put on the protection of light. Every day, don't leave home without it. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who are interested in knowing more (laughs) about that, you can go to tsl.org, search decrees, and look for the tube of light. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of harmonious colors, can, can you tell us more about the causal body and the rainbow colors that encircle it? Well, and again, if you go to the TSL.org website, I think you can see a chart of the I Am Presence. And what it is, it's the presence of God within us, the white light at the center, and then it expands out literally like a rainbow, like circles of the rainbow, mm-hmm. which are manifestations of God's energy and the, ref- the reflection of energy and the color shows us. And um, it's a very beautiful thing to see, and it's a very beautiful concept. I mean, who doesn't love rainbows? <laughs> um, you know, and it's our treasures up in heaven because it's the accumulation of all our good deeds. You know, the good deeds go up there. Mm-hmm. The right. bad deeds go down below, <laughs> below our, our, our solar plexus in the lower part. And we, you know, they're like the ball chain we carry around. Uh, yeah. I see. Um, but the, the, the causal body is there. It's perfect. It's wonderful to behold. And it's something we all have. So if our causal body is kind of our cosmic bank account, how do we make withdrawals? <laughs> well, first of all, you want to be careful about making withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, you know, this is the light, your attainment from all your embodiments. 
And so you would never ask for life from your causal body except you say according to God's holy will. Always call you don't want to yeah. lose your money and spend this, this hard-won treasure in heaven. But there are times when it can be used, and you can actually give God or Jesus the, 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 the permission to use your causal bodies to help others. And they would never do anything that's not in your interest or in the interest of the planet. Right. Thank, thankfully. So we've got to take a break here, but don't go away. Because when we return, we'll continue our discussion of color, consciousness, the aura, and lots more with Sidney Bennett. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of color and its relationship to consciousness and spirituality. Now, when we offer decrees on the various rays, for example, doing Blu-ray decrees for protection or for attunement to God's will, is it helpful to visualize these colors as we decree? Well, obviously it is, because what happens is when you're giving decrees or using their throat chakra, when you visualize, you're using your third eye chakra as well. So you're sort of doubling the impact, if you will. And visualization, of course, is an extremely important part of our decrees. This is not rote speaking. Mm-hmm. It's engaging in the energy of God both through your throat and your third eye chakra, which is where the visualization comes in. For example, uh, most of us, when we get a car, before we start off and, and drive away, we make calls to Archangel Michael for our protection as we're driving, the protection of others, those on the road. And it's helpful to visualize a blue light around your car. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, is, a, is the power of protection our Archangel Michael has. So, for instance, uh, blue cars are a little easier 
because you can see the blue. You know, if you yeah, were, if you have a red car, I don't say you have to trade it in, but I mean, you have to really work to make sure the blue overshadows the red. And so, again, these are tools or, or, or arrows in your quiver that we can use to walk this very difficult path on this physical planet. And the spiritual path takes work, but it also takes an understanding of what's going on and using the tools God has given us to help us. We need these. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, before we forget, we promised our listeners that we would ask Sid to enumerate the requirements for the ascension. Can can you give us the basics? Good catch, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I think it may seem like we're jumping from colors to the ascension here. Right. But there's a link. Yep. And the link is that the, the ascension is a path that you walk. Now, the requirements are, we've talked about before, you have to balance at least 51% of your karma, fulfill your divine plan, and balance your threefold flame. How do you get there? It's living daily the path we have been taught. And one of the things that color does to us understanding is that it's one of the tools we use to live that day and have a victory every day in our lives. God doesn't expect us to do this all in one day or one week or one year, but we have to work at it. And these tools, such as the violet flame, the protection decrees, understanding auras and colors and working with them and so forth, they all come together to help us fulfill these requirements. There is a science to this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't work without love, but there is a science. It's not just something where God waves his hand and everything's great. You know, we got to work at this and strive for it. And our ascension is a very real possibility in this life or the next. We've been promised that, but use the tools we've got. And this is where the aura, the color, and our decrees and so forth come in. And when we strive, our striving is met. Absolutely. You know, as we give something... It allows God to give something back in much greater measure. And yeah. believe me, we can't outgive God. <laughs> we can't do it alone. You know, well, early we referenced the seven rays, you know, those seven rainbow colors that surround our causal body that energize our chakras and uh, correspond to different aspects of Christ consciousness. Now, one of the most important concepts that the Ascended Masters teach is the necessity that each of us, uh, quote this, discipline ourselves on one of these seven rays. Now, what are the seven rays exactly, and what does it mean to discipline ourselves on any one of them? Well, we've talked in the past uh, about the seven Chohans of the race. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for example, El Mori is the Chohan of the first ray, which is the ray of will of God, protection, and so forth. And blue. And blue, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he embodies that ray. And so every one of the seven Chohans, you know, sort of majors in the ray they're on. But that doesn't mean they don't have the mastery in the other rays. In other words, you can't, you can't reach the level of a Chohan of one of the rays uh, say, in El Moria's situation, unless he has the mastery and the other six as well. Mm-hmm. So the the short answer, or maybe it's the long, I don't know how long, <laughs> long I've been talking here, is that we do major. And you can feel that, what yeah. your ray is. And there's mm-hmm. kind of things, little. we have a little game you can play and ask yourself questions that kind of give you an indication of what ray you're on. I mean, if you're a doctor, I mean, chances are you're on the fifth ray of healing. You mm-hmm. know, Green. it's not too hard. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's wonderful because we have a momentum. It's our, it's our part of our divine plan for our ascension to fill that, but we don't ignore the other rays too. And yeah. so it's a balanced life. Well, I like the concept of majoring on a specific ray. Yeah. Can, can we major on more than one? Sure, you can. I mean, uh, if you have the capacity, why not? Can you be a doctor and an architect <laughs> at the same time? You know, exactly. And you see people with, with attainment, you know, the so-called Renaissance man, right. where they have attainment on all the these rays, and this is not just a mental body exercise, but it's attainment at a spiritual level. Yeah, and these people are very unique, and of course, they're most of them are now ascended masters. Mm-hmm. I, I, would th- I would think a doctor who's an architect would probably make house calls. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> I had to go there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to come back now. Here, here. <laughs> um, you mentioned the Chohans or Lords of the Seven Rays, and you pointed out that when we discipline ourselves on a certain ray, we do so under the direction of one of these masters. 
But aren't there other rays as well? I mean, who are the Chohans uh, or lords of these rays? Well, there are. And and clearly, um, with Francis, there are what's called the five secret rays. And there's five Buddhas that embody those. And it's, again, it's an understanding as you progress on the path, the refinements and nuances that you can you can uh, experience and grow in your learning, they're there for you. You know, you don't have to know the five secret rays to be a... a, a a striver on the spiritual right. path, mm-hmm. but it's information that at some point may be of value to you. And it's and again, it's something to know and understand that you know it's in some ways God's universe is very complex, in other ways it's very very simple. <laughs> and yeah. the core things: how much do we love? How much do we care? How much do we you know devotion do we give to God? How much care do we give to our fellow man? Yeah. Those are the core issues. And then if you have those and use the tools God has given us from the ascended masters. That's when you make the real progress. Yeah, we hear that. Are there are there unique initiations or or disciplines associated with these five secret rays? Well, they are, and as you go on on your path over a period of time, these will come to you. And we can we have lots of teachings, understanding of these. And when you're ready for those, I think it's it's interesting to to explore those. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know all the colors, for instance, of the five secret rays. We know a couple of them. One would be peach, and mm-hmm. another would be aqua. Hmm. So you can see they're a little different than the, the the basic colors we work with, but they're both beautiful colors. And so, uh, again, it's just kind of a teaser, so to speak, <laughs> of what's in store for us as we progress along the spiritual path. How about Mother of Pearl? Would that be? Well, Mother of Pearl is somewhat on the sixth, I think, that is, is a manifestation of the resurrection flame. Okay, yeah. And so uh, ministration and service and so forth, but it's certainly fricks in there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, there was something else that we were talking about earlier. I want to go back for a moment. And that was that just as there are sounds we cannot hear because they're beyond our spectrum or range of hearing, there are other colors that are beyond our ability to see, aren't there? Right. And I think a good example is, as Mrs. Prophet mentioned, is we, I don't see auras, but many, very often when you meet people, you do get, you get a soul reading, mm-hmm. a soul level. And sometimes it's not dramatic, but I can tell you, I'm sure everyone has this, this experience where the, the aura is, um, is so dramatic. I mean, I was in an elevator in an office building in Washington, D.C. many years ago, and a man got on there, and the the presence of darkness in this man's aura was so intense, I just stepped back, <laughs> and I don't see auras. Wow. Conversely, I was in, you know, it's funny, I remember these things all these years, but they're so powerful. I was in the U.S. consulate in Guatemala City in Guatemala years ago, and I was sitting there waiting to do something, and there was a woman and her daughter there, and that this daughter, a teenager, had the purest aura. And I didn't even, you know, I wasn't aware that I was looking at it. I just, I was startled. I looked at her, the purity and light in her oh, aura. Wow. And so we do see them at soul level, even though, and, and trust those intonations. You know, when you feel those, yeah. you know, at least be on guard that, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, your soul is trying to tell you something. Right. And just be careful Pay attention. when it's appropriate. Yeah. Well, I'd like to go back to something we were talking about a little bit ago, uh, protection. Clearly the presence and impact of color in our daily lives is so pervasive that it can easily be overlooked, yet its power to influence is undeniable. I mean, from food and fashion to art, advertising, entertainment, design, uh, colors are chosen consciously for their ability to affect and manipulate the decisions <laughs> that we make. Yep. Well, what can we do to disarm and neutralize these attempts at manipulation and control? Well, I think it goes back to the, the concept we talked about, the tube of light invoking the spiritual protection and making the determination that are you going to be, uh, you know, rocked back and forth like a boat on the waves by all these things that are assaulting you every day yeah. and never get your bearings? Or are you going to take a stand, feet firmly planted, invoke the light of God around you, and go forth? And, yes, we see these things and we have to deal with them wherever we are, but we're not going to be victims and influenced on them in a way we don't want to be. We can take our stand as a son or daughter of God, invoke this light, and go forth 
and show that mastery that God has given us when we use these tools. That's a good, oh. good plan. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And on that note, that's all the time we have for this week. Um, as always, I want to thank Sidney Bennett for his insightful contributions to our conversation. And, of course, we want to thank all of you for joining us today and tuning in to what we hope was an interesting <laughs> and useful program. Please join us again. And if you've got any comments to share, please send them to webradio at tsl.org. You know, just drop us a line to let us know you like our show. You don't have to sign your email or anything like that. Just give us a yes or the verbal nod of your choice to let us know you like what you hear, okay? And until then, remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.